All right, ladies, when I thought about Mother's Day, uh, this whole package, all right, so the epic trailer, this sweet one about moms and what God feels about moms and then running on empty, can y'all kind of relate to all of that, all right? Okay, that's why I chose that. By the way, do you know when, Brad, when, what, when were you born? What's your birthday? Of what year? Okay, well, that's what I thought. So I knew that, that you and me and John, we remember that. 19, guess what year that came out? 77, good guess. But uh, that was, it reached number 11. You know who sang it? Jackson Brown. All right, so anyway, not that that's relevant. None of that was relevant, but I learned all of that actually this morning. When I thought of moms and I thought of honoring moms, I wanted to, to do something that kind of encapsulated everything. So that's what we're going to look at today. Now, whether you have a mom that's still with you, whether you're close to a mom or not, we all know a mom, at least one, and there's some things we can do to help them. So if there was ever a sermon that you were going to put into practice, today's sermon is it. There's going to be application points, and I want you to take those points and use them. Do something about it. Now, in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul was writing a letter to the church at Ephesus, and he was actually quoting one of the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament when he says this, honor your father and your mother. Now, this is such a big deal that God put it in his top ten. Now, it's not like God said, I hope someday this will be on a Hallmark card, this honor your father and mother stuff, because God's eternal. He was never born. That means he doesn't have a mother. So he didn't have to put it in the list in order to impress his mom. He put it in the list because he knows that honoring our parents is vital for our souls, the nourishment of our souls, our spiritual and our emotional health, whether they are still alive or not, whether you have, uh, whether you're close to them or not, whether you like your mom or not, we can all honor moms by seeing the importance of what they're doing and helping them out. Now, one of the largest churches in the United States actually did a survey of their moms. And I read about this just this uh, last week and, and they came up with the top eight things that moms said they need. Now, here's the assignment today. Moms, I want you to put a little star by the two or three that, that are your top needs. If you agree with this, when you put a star there, if it's not yours, you don't. Now, the rest of us, what we have to do is we have to put a star by the two or three or four that we think the, the mom in our life needs. And then when you go to lunch or when you go to dinner today, you get to talk about that. You get to discuss where you right or where you wrong. And if yours differ from them, especially on mother's day, you are wrong. I wrote that with you in mind, Travis, actually. All right. So let's, let's look at what they said. The number one need that moms had that they said caused them frustration in their lives was moms need patience. One mom said, I need to find the peace of Christ when all of my children are whining, they're fussy, they're fighting, they're running around, my house is noisy, I need to have the peace of Christ. And, and what, what I want you to realize today, ladies, this is, this is what, if you're not a mom, you can take notes and you can, you can use this in the future. But what I want you to do is I want you to see that God understands. There's verses, we're going to look at lots of verses of scripture that have to do with God understanding and what you should do when you're in one of these situations. So here's the first one. If you can relate to all of that, then look what God's, uh, what this says in Psalm 78, 56, though he talking about God did this for them. Now, who'd he do it for? He did it for the children of Israel. There's a reason we call them the children of Israel because they act like children all the time. So God did all of this stuff. It says, though he did all of this for them, they continued to test his patience. Is there ever a mom whose patience has been tested? Yes, God understands. Now here's the deal. 
God's perfect, so we're not always going to act like him. So I just need to know, is anyone in this room perfect? Let me see your hand. Oh, somebody started to raise their hand. All right. Good answer. Does anyone have perfect children? Don't you dare raise your hand because we will talk about the other people, the other people in your life. We'll talk about you don't have perfect children. Okay, so here's the deal. When one or more imperfect people get in close proximity with each other, testing of your patience is what we're going to have, right? So what do you do? All right, that's the next verse. We're going to go to James, the half-brother of Jesus, and see what he has to say. For when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow, and don't try to squirm out of your problems. For when your patience is finally in full bloom, then you will be ready for anything strong in character, full and complete." I'm convinced that God gives us children to finish raising us. Yes, we are supposed to raise them up. The Bible says in the fear and the instruction of the Lord, but in that process, God matures us. If you, if you're selfish when you have kids, they will, they will show you that there is something more selfish than you on the planet and it's them and they don't know any better. We're supposed to know better and we're supposed to teach them better. And see, this is, this is what I think. This is why I believe God gives us children to raise us. Because if I'm in a job that requires me to have patience and, and I don't want to have patience, I can bail out of that job. God may have wanted me to stay there. God may have taken me there, but I can still disobey God and I can bail out of that job if I don't want to show patience. If I have a friend that's testing my patience and I don't want to be in that friendship, I don't want to have my patience tested, I can bail out regardless of whether God wants me in that friendship or not. But with kids, you're stuck, right? You're stuck with them. And in, in the decision to be patient with our children, God begins to grow us up. Does that make sense? So one of the reasons I think moms are some of the most spiritually mature people on the planet is because of you and because of me, what we did to them, right? Do your head like this. Yes, you've tested your, your mom's patience. And, and, I wouldn't suggest this today, but another day you might just say, mom, I'm helping you grow up spiritually. Don't do that today. Don't do that today. Instead of, instead of piling more on moms, because the expectations are already great. When you see a mom that's stressed out, don't run away screaming. Don't say anything stupid. Just say, can I help? How can I help? And they will be grateful for that. Second thing these moms said, the number two need they have is moms need appreciation. And, and this verse, I, I actually wrote this on Janie's card today because um, it, it, this is how I feel about her, Philippians 1.3. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Now, I also need to tell her that I thank God for her, right? Because it's not the thought that counts. I need to tell you that I'm thankful to God for my wife. She needs to hear it from all different areas. Now, this September, so it's not quite three years that my mom and dad passed away. And, and you know, I think about my mom every time her birthday rolls around. I think about her holidays. I think about her on Mother's Day because I would have called her this morning. Even though we have two services now, my mom got up at 5 or 5.30 every day. She'd have the coffee on. And, and so I would call mom and, and she would want to talk, you know. Now, I couldn't call her close to her time. If you called her on a Saturday and it was close to her hair, uh, getting her hair appointment every Saturday of her life, she had her hair done. 
And she used to wrap it in toilet paper so that she could sleep at night. And, and I, the, she said that worked. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. But I would call mom on a Saturday before, if it, if it was anywhere near her hair appointment, she would just hand the phone to dad and she'd leave. She wouldn't even say bye. So you had to be careful with that. But but mom, I miss her. And, and I started thinking about when my relationship with my mom got good because it wasn't good. I was a punk. And so about 15 or 20 years ago, I started writing in mom's cards. Every time there'd be a birthday, every time there'd be Mother's Day, I would write what I loved about my mom, what I appreciated about her, what she had passed on to me, what she had taught me. And as I look back now, sitting there this week thinking, mom and I started getting closer when I just started acknowledging what she did. And, and it wasn't required, but, but when I did, she and I got a lot closer. Now, even if you had a bad relationship with your mom, you can appreciate the fact that she gave birth to you. You can appreciate the fact that you weren't aborted. You can appreciate the fact that you are alive, right? So when God says, honor your father and mother, even the smallest amount of honor that you can give is healthy for your soul. So moms need patience. They need appreciation. Third, I think you're going to like this one, ladies. Moms need a life. Can I get an I know that's right, baby? Here's what one mom wrote. She said, sometimes I feel like my life is the movie Groundhog Day. Have y'all seen that? Same thing over and over and over. You don't even know what day it is, right, ladies? All right, here's, here's what Psalm says to you. Psalm 127. Not to just to you, this is to dads too. It is senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, fearing you will starve to death. Stop right there. That is the, that's, that's a description of an unbalanced life. Working all day, thinking you're going to starve to death. Why? The next part. For God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. And y'all are going, yeah, right. It's a season if you have little ones. Now look at this. This this is interesting to me because he says all of that. Don't don't get caught up in this and 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 then he says God wants you to get your proper rest. Then look what he says. Children are a gift from God. They are his reward. He has entrusted you with a special life and your job is like none other. So you need to be rested. You need to have your mental faculties in order in order to be the best mom, right? Okay. So this is what he says. Um, balanced life, the life that you need is what God wants to give you, what Jesus says he wants to give. Look at John 10, 10. A thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I came to give life, life in all its fullness. I read one time that if Satan can't make you bad, he will make you busy. If you're not one to give in to these, these big temptations, what he'll do is he'll try to distract you with too much activity. And if I'm so rushed and, and, and my life is so filled that I don't have time to connect with Jesus and enjoy a, my relationship with him, what am I modeling for my kids? Think about your schedule. If it's too crowded to connect with God, who held a gun to your head and made you put that on your schedule? I mean, is there like, is there like a scheduling terrorist that says you will do this? Is there a calendar terrorist that's, that's forcing you to do so much stuff in your life that your soul shrivels up and you become a jerk to everybody else? I may need to come back to that one on Father's Day, right? That, that may be more appropriate for Father's Day. And, and, and by the way, I include church in, in this thing. We don't need to overwhelm people because if we try to have people here, this is what happened in the Baptist church. There were times I would be there every night of the week and they expected me to then have a healthy relationship with my wife and children. Is that possible? No. So I don't want our church to ever overwhelm people. If you're up here three or four nights a week, you should never be at this church more than two or three nights a week. If, if that 
And, and I'm not going to show up at every activity. And if you plan an activity, it may be the best activity in the world, but I'm not going to make my wife and my children go to church because my wife and children are here all the time. We need to make sure that there's balance in our lives. Number four thing these ladies said, moms need wisdom, especially with all the negative influences in our world today. They need wisdom to know when to hold on, when to let go, when to say yes, when to say no, when and how to discipline, right, ladies? Right, moms? Well, look what James says again. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. One of the coolest things in the world is when one of my children says, hey, dad, would you give me your opinion on something? I'm honored when they ask for my opinion. God is honored when you ask him for wisdom and he'll give it to you. And so we always think about moms, you know, that, that they pray for us, but we need to pray for our moms, not only that they'll have wisdom, but they'll know where to go to get it. Because look what Colossians 2, 3 says, God has hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. You know what that means? That means no matter how smart a person is, if they don't know Jesus, they don't have the whole picture. See, Janie and I went to counseling before and, and I would not go to anybody who was not a Christian. Because there's no way they can understand my perspective on life if, if they don't know Jesus Christ. When Hannah went through counseling, we made sure that it was, it was a Christ following person because I don't care how much you know about psychology. I don't know how much you know about human nature. If you don't understand who Jesus Christ is, you do not have the full picture. There's a spiritual side of life. There is a physical, emotional side of life. And, and you need to know where the two intersect. And so you need to let people in your life who understand following Jesus Christ. Moms need wisdom raising kids because it's not easy, right? Moms experience both headaches and heartaches raising their children because life is fragile. Stuff happens. But God is pushing us towards a life that is not fragile. All right? Think about the difference. That's awesome that we're going to be in a, in a world where there's no more tears, no more crying, no more pain. It's not fragile in heaven. The problem you and I have is when we start focusing on the fragile, we get kind of out of control. We get anxious and we need to pray to the one who overcame the grave so that we get his perspective on life because his perspective is no matter how short this life is, you're about to go to heaven. Make sense? Number five. Moms need validation. Recognition of what they are doing is important. I love this. Now, if you've ever read uh, Proverbs 31, it's, it describes this incredible woman. And, and, and I don't think there's a woman that can fulfill every one of those things. But my wife gets pretty close. She does a lot of those things. But here's what I want you to focus on. Uh, verses 31 and uh, 30 and 31. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. I want you to circle those words city gate. This is a big deal. In ancient times, the city gate is, was not just the entryway into a city. It's where everything important happened. All of the legal decisions, they were tried at the city gate. All of the legal decisions, if you were going to buy and sell land, any dispute was handled at the city gate. So it was actually like the seat of power to any city. For us, it might be city hall. It might be Congress. It might be something like that. But it, in my opinion, church is even more important than that. This is the most important place. But here's what he's saying. Let her works be praised wherever important people gather. Because it's not like, it's not like what you're doing, mom, is, is kinda okay and we say, yeah, good job, mom, and then we go on to what is really important. What you're doing, mom, 
is the most important thing. So we can't overlook that. We need to be sure that we praise moms. We value what moms do. See, because here's the deal. Moms are building a person and, and Jesus tells us, God tells us that the only thing that lasts forever is a person. Buildings don't last forever. No matter how big, how, how beautiful they are, they don't last forever. Companies don't last forever. No matter how big, no matter how profitable they are, they do not last forever. Um, your bank account will not last forever, right? Sometimes it doesn't even last 30 days, right? Even governments, as powerful as they are, are not going to last forever. But Jesus says that people last forever. That's why the Bible can put a good woman, a good mom, up on a pedestal and praise her because what she's doing impacts eternity. And so there's there's two things in this world that make a major impact on eternity. The physical family, your family outside of these walls, but also the spiritual family. It's why I put so much value on the church because what we do matters for eternity. Now, I was thinking about this this week and I was thinking about all the things we do, I do, you do, that, that are temporary. And, and so one of the things, and, and I'm not picking on John, I, I actually wrote this in here. John is a physical therapist and he's a very good physical therapist. And we praise God for a physical therapist. When I had knee surgery, he's the one that pushed me to get on the, the bike at the, at the YMCA and then, then mocked me for being a sissy because it hurt. And he goes, you're not doing any structural damage. Suck it up and get better. Right. That's what physical therapists do. Right. That's your job. Tell people they're sissies. So. John is, John is very good at his job, but did you know that job is not needed in heaven? Now I'm not, I'm not at all saying this is bad because we need all kinds of jobs. We need lawyers. We need bankers. We need doctors. We need physical therapists. We need all of these different jobs, but they're not going to be jobs in heaven. They're temporary. Look what the Bible says about physical stuff. Physical training is good. So the Bible says it's good, but training for godliness is much better promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So the Bible acknowledges, yes, physical is good for this life, but spiritual is double good because it's good for this life and the next life. Jeff works for uh, Centerpoint Energy. He, he helps get electricity around the state. And man, I love me some electricity, right? You do too. If you, if you don't think you do, just go without it for a while. There was one Sunday, I don't even remember when this was, it was sometime this spring, we, we were without power for about eight hours. And, and luckily it was in the spring. If it had been in the summer, we'd have had to go somewhere else. And, and you love electricity. But did you know that electricity is not needed in heaven? It's a temporary job. Look what the scripture says in Revelation. The city has no need of sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the lamb is its light. What I want you to realize is we spend a, an inordinate inordinate amount of time on things that only last in this lifetime. Yes, we got to pay the bills. Yes, we got to do certain things, but it's not stuff that lasts forever. Moms are building a person that is, that will last forever. And that's unbelievably important. The next time Satan whispers in your ear that what you're doing isn't valuable, just recognize it as a lie from hell. The next time some person says something to you that hurts your feelings and makes you feel insignificant, you need to realize the reason they said that was either number one, they're ignorant or number two, they're insecure, or maybe both. And you don't have to allow ignorant, insecure people to direct your life. Does that make sense? Your job is eternal. It's valuable. And so rest on what God says, not what people say. Sixth thing they said, moms need helpful words. They need talk. They need listening. And I'm grinning because I know this is going to, this, this is, this is true. Men and teenagers, we need to remember that one word answers is not conversation to a mom, right mom? 
How, what'd you do at work today? Same old or nothing. How was work? Fine. Yeah. Huh? What? Uh. What'd you do at school today? Nothing. And then you go up, that is not acceptable, right? Moms, all the moms are going, that's right. Moms connect with you through their words. One of the coolest things, Janie loves it when our girls will come into the room. We may be getting ready for bed. We're about to go to bed and the girls will come in and they just sit down on the bed and they just start talking. And and I'm not about to run them out because I know that means so much to Janie that, that they are connecting with her. Today, she's go- she wants us to go to the lake. She said, for Mother's Day, we're just going to go to the lake and just have a picnic and just have fun and talk and laugh. And those are memories that she's going to cherish because conversation matters. Look at this verse in Ephesians 4.29. Do not use harmful words, but only helpful words. Even the scripture puts an S on the words. It's not singular Right, ladies? Right, moms? It's more than one word. Only helpful words. The kind that build up and provide what is needed so that what you say will do good to those who hear you. Seventh thing moms need. I think you're going to like this one too, moms. Is they need a break. Oh, yeah. Um, Moms are dealing. This is what they said in this survey. They're dealing with twin emotions of exhaustion and guilt. Exhaustion because they're doing too much. Guilt because they don't feel like they're doing enough. Can you ladies relate to that? Well, if that's how you feel, then you need to go to Matthew eleven twenty eight. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Honestly, I've never met a mom who wasn't tired, weary, and carrying too many burdens. So the answer is to spend more time with Jesus. And one of my favorite stories is, is of Susanna Wesley. We were at um, orientation this Friday with Rachel at, at SFA and there was a booth and it was the Wesleyan booth. And, and, you know, it was started by John and Charles Wesley. Now in the, in the, 1800s, um, Susanna Wesley and her husband had 10 children. Charles and John were two of them. They started the Methodist movement. They changed Europe and then it crossed the pond and they changed America. These Methodists did. Now, before these two men ever did anything for God, they were raised with a whole bunch of siblings. Their mom knew that she needed to connect with God, but you can imagine with 10 children, it's almost impossible. When we had three, I remember Janie would say, sometimes it's all I can do just to make it to lunch without killing a kid or something, you know, and she said, and then I look back and I haven't spent time with the Lord. Well, here's what Susanna Wesley did. 10 children running around. She had an apron and she would take the apron. She would pull it up over her head. And every child knew that when mom did that, she was spending time with Jesus. And every child knew you were not supposed to mess with mom when she's spending time with Jesus, or you just might meet him that day because she understood that she needed time to be the woman that God wanted her to be. She needed time. She had 10 children at a time when there weren't video games to keep them occupied or TV. And she knew that, that she had to take her burdens to the Lord if she was going to be the right type of person. So moms, if you're frazzled, if, you're, if your soul is drooping to the ground, it means this. You're trying to carry the load by yourself. That's just all, that's straight level. Honestly, you're trying to do too much by yourself. And I don't know what it means for you to come to Jesus, but you probably do. Or you at least know a woman who walks with Christ that you admire her Christian relationship with Jesus. Ask her what she does. You spend time with Jesus, it's going to change you. And then here's the last one they said. Moms need faith. Now let me explain this. One mom talked about a lack 
here's what she said. It was actually a lack in faith of God that he's in control. So I worry needlessly. Just curious. How many moms worry all the time? Uh-huh. Some of you, I'm not putting my hand up. Okay. Well, here's, here's what, um, another mom said that she worries that every decision she makes today affects the future of her children. She worries she's making the wrong decision. Well, here's, look at John 14, 1. Jesus is speaking and he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. So what Jesus is saying is when you need faith, don't try to conjure it up by your own effort. Lean on God. Really, that's what faith is, is leaning on God. Look what the psalmist says in Psalm 62. Trust God, my friends, and always tell him each one of your concerns. God is our place of safety. Another translation says refuge. I love that. We humans are only a breath. None of us are truly great. All of us together weigh less than a puff of air. One of my favorite verses that I've read in a while. All of us together are but a puff of air. And then look, this kind of seems like he shifts gears, but here's what he's saying. Don't trust in violence or depend on dishonesty or rely on great wealth. He's saying, don't trust the things you can see. Don't trust the things you can come up with in your mind. And then look, look what he says. I heard God say two things. I am powerful and I'm very kind. The Lord, the Lord rewards each of us according to what we do. See, because moms are tempted to worry, and I think if you look at the the definition in the dictionary, one of the definitions was she who will worry for the rest of her life about the rest of her family, right? Every time you're tempted to worry, I want you to recognize that that's also an opportunity to show faith. Here's the difference between worry and faith. When you worry, it actually feels like you're doing something, but nothing gets done, right? Right? When you have faith, you're trusting in God and it feels like God's not doing anything. But when God shows up, he always changes stuff, right? And in fact, one of my favorite things from, from the Experiencing God Bible study, we did it years ago, I've done it several times, is, is he said that you cannot know the truth of your situation until Jesus shows up. Why? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So truth is a person named Jesus Christ. You can't possibly know the truth of your situation until you've heard from Jesus. So when you're worrying, you're focusing on your power. When you show faith, you're focusing on God's power and you're waiting for him to show up. And when he does, he always changes things. So here's the last two verses I want to share with you. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Then you will experience God's peace. So the praying comes first, the peace comes later, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So there's a price to pay to get the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I have to pray first. And then it says, he will guard my heart and my mind as I walk with him. The problem when you're worrying is you have separated from Christ. The problem when you're worrying is you're looking at yourself. You need to spend as much time as possible looking at Jesus until your heart changes. Worry is just this warning signal that you and I are trying to be God. How do we stop worrying? We pray. We focus on God as long as it takes for our attitude and our outlook to change. All right, ladies, I want you just to look through all of those. If you didn't circle them or star them, don't let your, don't let your spouse or your children see. If you're a spouse or a child, then you go through and you, you, you mark out one or two. Cause I really want you to, and, and I'm going to have you write this ladies, uh, guys too, but ladies, especially, I want you to write on the back of your card, your top two or three, because I'm curious what our church says about these things, which ones are the top needs. All right. So then you get to discuss them later. Bow your heads for just a moment.
God, I know that, that not everybody's mom was perfect. But I'm willing to bet that everybody's mom did the best they could with what they had at the time. Maybe they were broken because of sin that happened to them. Maybe they were broken because of their own choices. But God, it's real easy as a child to judge how effective our parents are. And then when we become parents, we we have a lot more compassion for our mamas and our daddies. It's my prayer that that regardless of, of what kind of relationship somebody's had with their mom in the past... If they're gone, they can have peace with that. If they're still here, they can make peace with them. But God, even if they, if, even if their mom doesn't want to make peace, I pray that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding would guard these moms' hearts and minds as they walk with Christ Jesus. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.